customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Mark Schindler for your Wednesday night update. Coming up, the Sixers pick up a big win. Steph Curry scores 50. Warriors lose on the road, and De'Aaron Fox is the most clutch player in the league. Don't forget, you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. Mark, the Sixers picked up a massive win in the East, 118 to 109. They go into Cleveland and beat the Cavaliers, but how often can you say a team won the game on a challenge call by their coach? Doc Rivers challenges Joel Embiid's six foul what would have been a six foul on a charge with about four minutes and 12 seconds to go and Joel Embiid comes back just as Cleveland seemed like they were turning the tide in the game that foul out would have been huge they were only down seven but since they reversed the call they counted the bucket that he made so it puts him up nine and Joel Embiid stayed in the game he finishes up the game 36 points and 18 rebounds really carried the Sixers through the first half kept the game close when Nobody else had shown up for the for the Sixers. He had 24 points in the first half. A crazy game from Joel Embiid, who is, I mean, we, we, we can't really give him enough accolades during the season. Like, we cannot say enough about how good and how solid he is. But this sort of game is exactly why he is one of the top three guys for MVP. Because when nobody else showed up, Joel Embiid carried him. Yeah, I mean, that was an MVP level performance tonight, though. It it was one of the things where it's not even that I thought the Cavs defense was bad. It was just like Joel Embiid. Like, I thought Evan Mobley played him about as well as you could without um, without having Jared Allen on the back line with him as well, having to play more just as a true center. Uh, that fading contested three that Joel hit was, was just one of those nights, man. I was hitting that one. It's just like, you know, what what the hell do you even do? Um Obviously, like he got to the line quite a bit, but it's, it was less about that. It was more just like everything felt pretty well contested and he still was just cashing it. 
Um, and again, it's like it's those threes that he does make that are feel so backbreaking on top of that as well. And then the other part too, like his defense was really good tonight. Like continuously, like I think there's all there's obviously a baseline with his defense, but I think it's the games where he ratchets it up to the to the top level where he really shows himself. Not even that it was at that level tonight, but it was with what the Cavs starting lineup was with the Coro and Stevens both out there. He was pretty comfortable just sitting one foot in the paint most of the night. And that really gummed up a lot of everything that Cleveland had with their driving lanes. In the second half, James Harden and Tyrese Maxey turn it up. They finish up. James Harden has 28 points, 12 rebounds at the end of the game. Tyrese Maxey's got 23. And this is sort of just a continuation of the trend that we've been watching with this team. I mean, Joel Embiid is far and away their 1A. But James Harden, a former MVP as your second banana, it, it certainly allows you quite a bit of leeway and it allows you these first half duds from part of your team because you know Joel can go hard that first half and you've got these guys who can come out and and really run and Harden again he's been sort of coasting through this whole run where for the first two and a half maybe even three quarters he's he's picking his spots he, he's looking for his opportunities but without expending too much energy and then he turns it up in the fourth at the end of these games I mean it's just he's like a closer in baseball yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think what's what always has stood out about Harden to me this season has just been how much easier it is for Joel to get to his spots. Um, like, I think that's something that we kind of almost took for granted last year. And, like, uh, I mean, that it was difficult for him to get to his spots. And I think, like, this year, uh, A, I mean, just having somebody who you always have to guard, but also he's just really good at getting Joel the ball when he needs it and and getting him into that, you know, at the nail, like it, it again, like we just saw that so many times with the Sixers last year where, okay, a team's like, Oh, we don't really have to guard Ben or like, or not even last year, but year, year before, but it's uh yeah, th- that, that duo continues to be a blast to watch and shout out to Maxi man, like his change of pace that he brings off, obviously not off the bench tonight, but um, just in general with this team has been really fun to watch and adds a really good element that I think, uh, has, has brought them to a higher level. And for Cleveland, you mentioned it before, no Jared Allen in this game. I mean, he's got an eye contusion, which just sounds painful. But Mobley, you know, extended minutes guarding Embiid as the main center. Uh, how'd you feel he held up in this one? And I mean, I think we all sort of see his future as at least part-time five. And and if he's going to be in the Eastern Conference, I mean, he's got to guard Joel Embiid. So how did you think he he did as the only big in this game? Honestly, I thought defensively he was pretty good. Like, there were some moments where he got bodied for sure, but I think for the most part, like, he was really good defensively. I think, to me, it was more about the offensive end. And not that he was bad, but I think you just saw some of the limitations of what this team is in the half court right now. Like, there were so many times where the opposition was just loading up, like, okay, Joel is waiting a couple feet out of the restricted area. Guys are comfortable cheating off the weak side because of who the shooters are. And so, like, Evan, is who, who has been so good attacking off the short roll this year, has really added another dynamic as a scorer. Um, obviously has the playmaking in his bag, but, like, with how condensed they were able to make the lane feel, it, it I mean, there it, it looked uncomfortable and awkward at times when Evan was on the short roll. Um, and I think, too, that played out, like, you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, well, Darius and Donovan shooting poorly from three is because of how well the paint was guarded, but I think part of that, plays into it like they were just getting run off the line but also like to be fair like they missed their shots um like I think you know if we play this game back over a couple times they're 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 hitting way more than two of 14 from deep but 
a lot of it was the Sixers were just comfortable saying, okay, we're going to run you off the line and, and make you play up against one of the best room protectors in basketball. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Warriors are on the road. So you know what that means, Mark. They lost uh, another game. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Warriors are in L.A. and they dropped a rough one to the Clippers, 126-134. They are now 7-27 and on the road. And I'm not going to make this about the Warriors the whole time, although we should note Steph Curry had 50 points in this game. He had 41 points without shooting a free throw in this game. And one of the big overarching themes you're going to see from Warriors fans will be about the lack of a whistle for Steph Curry. And this is going to be one of the few times I'm going to come out on the show and say they're right. Steph Curry got a bad whistle. He gets a bad whistle often. This was egregious in this game, but that wasn't the difference. The difference was the Clippers have figured it out. The Clippers, I think have figured out who they are and it's Kawhi Leonard's basketball team. Kawhi Leonard scores 30. Paul George has 24 and Kawhi Leonard just has gotten back to being an absolute killer. He's a sniper. You can't give him any space from three. You can't let him get to the mid-range. He dominated this game. Yeah, I think trying to trying to parse through what I feel about this game is really interesting because uh, on one hand, like I think you saw the Clippers really find aspects of the of the Warriors defense that they wanted to uh, pull apart and try and go at. Uh, and really found success with that late. I think in the fourth quarter, as hot as Steph got, like the Clippers were just kind of like, okay, well, he's going to score, but we got to just keep the lead. Um, and they were able to do that because of the way that they were attacking. Like I, they they ended up going pretty small late, using Russ uh, and Terrence Mann as screeners throughout the game. Like Russ had a really good game tonight. Like the box score isn't like it was six to sixteen from the field, but I felt like everything was pretty good from him. Like even the shots that he missed were right around the rim, and he was—I mean—they—they they were pretty solid on the offensive glass, which ended up being a big boon for them. But again, it was more just that they were using him and Terrence Mann as screeners throughout the game, trying to use them in the same concerted way, um, get that gravity going downhill, and force Golden State to, to adjust. And it was really impactful for them, um, especially too. Like Paul did not have his best game tonight; he was a little bit off inside the arc. Um, but like you mentioned, I think Kawhi was just like, that was a, it, it, it's weird to say like 38 and five is a special game, but like, you just had to watch that 38 and five, like down the stretch, he was money and golden state had nothing for him. That absolutely no answer for him whatsoever. And you know, th there's a narrative around the warriors and their road losses, and, and it's about shooting variants. They're allowing the worst three points percentage in the league when they're on the road. 
Uh, and a lot of that is luck, which, you know, luck adjusted. I think that still they're, they're getting a bad shake of the stick. In this one, 47% from three for the Warriors, 47% from three for the Clippers. We're used to that from the Warriors. We're not used to their def- defense being this bad uh, at the three-point line. But, Mark, I think some of that is if you watch this game, and they still got out-rebounded, I thought. I, I thought that the, the Clippers just really punished them on the offensive glass. But a part of the reason why the three-point percentage might be so high is because they have to gang rebound. They are not actually getting good contests. They're not running guys off the line. And these guys are getting comfortable. We saw that. I thought from the Clippers and in particular, Eric Gordon in the third went absolutely berserk in the third quarter. And I think it was just because the defense was not staying attached to him outside and not attacking hard on the catch. The Clippers took full advantage of it. You got to give them credit for it. Also defensively for the Clippers, they have a physicality where they dare. This is very Miami Heat-esque. And I thought in this game, they did a great job of it. Dared the referees to call stuff, and the refs just didn't. They took it full advantage. I mean, that's excellent defense, good coaching by Ty Lue, and a perfect time for the Clippers to figure it out. They were tied with the Warriors in the standings coming into this game. So this was a huge one. Now, they split the season series, but they currently they lead by a full game. They've got the fifth seed locked up after this one. The Warriors in that sixth seed fighting off the play-in, man. Like, I can't believe we're at this point of the season. Steph Curry's healthy, and we're still saying the Warriors are barely staying out of the play-in. Just what a wild season. Yeah, it's really weird, man, because like you mentioned, I think obviously three-point variance plays a part into it, but part of it, too, was like Golden State's defense tonight, like you mentioned, it was just just pretty abysmal. Like, uh, they were really struggling to get any kind of stop on the perimeter, and that's what opened up so much of what they were doing from outside. Um, like I, I actually was, I, I would have liked to probably see Jonathan Kaminga play a little bit more tonight, uh, just based on what, I mean, it's not like one for one of him playing over Jordan Poole, but just in trying to mix and match and put together their lineups, it was like, well, okay. If Steph isn't going, we really need clay to get going. Clay wasn't awesome tonight. I think that that definitely hurt them. Um, but okay, if we have Jordan Poole out there, he's getting absolutely torched defensively. He was really rough defensively. Yeah, you got a fifty-point game from Steph Curry. Jordan Poole yeah. doesn't have to be out there. Yeah, well, I mean, they they needed some kind of secondary offense because again, like obviously Steph had it going late in the game. Uh, I mean, he had it going. Just throughout hand the ball to thirty. This really look, going late in the game, but I, I yeah. still think you just hand the ball to thirty and you let him get it done, especially when Poole isn't bringing it on the defensive end. Which, I mean, how many times this year have you seen him do it, Mark? Well, no, exactly. I think that's a, a lot of this just, just comes back to, A, I hope that everything's okay with Andrew Wiggins, but B, you see how much they miss him. Like, I think their lack of size uh, and versatility, more importantly, really hurts them because, like, okay, well, it's a lot harder for them to play smaller at the four and play Draymond at the, at the five with what their lineup options end up being. Like, Jamichael Green is fine, but for what this matchup ended up needing, it, it wasn't really great. Um, like this is one of the ones where it's like, oh shit, like we, we kind of really miss that guy. Like I, they've obviously felt that quite a bit throughout any of their road trips, but, um, I think it stood out pretty starkly tonight. And finally, just because we are contractually obligated every night this season to bring up the Sacramento Kings, we got to talk about the Kings because the Kings picked up their 41st win of the season. Thanks to what I'm assuming is the runaway favorite for the Clutch Player of the Year award. De'Aaron Fox hit a three-pointer with 0.7 seconds left to lift the Kings over the Bulls. 32 points, 12 of 17, hit four threes. De'Aaron Fox, I mean, 
he might have an argument for most improved, right? Like, I mean, he's not only most clutch, he's just been a better player. I mean, maybe an all NBA guy this year. Yeah, I think the way that some things might work out games wise too, not just to make it down to that, but the guard group is so good this year. But I it's getting harder and harder to keep him off all NBA. Like this team has clinched a winning record for the first time since 2006. And that's not just to chalk all their achievements up to, oh, look at this thing that they're doing for the first time. It's like, no, they're actually really good. It's not just a nice story. Like you mentioned, I think I got so giddy watching this game. Like they came back from a 16 point deficit. Part of like, you do wonder a little bit like, okay, well, this team plays in clutch time a lot. Like they, I believe they lead the league in clutch time minutes. It's close to it. Um, But also like Aaron is just so good. Like, Obviously, he he shot the three ball pretty well the first few months of the season, and it's fallen back to around 30% for the last three. But he walked up with that ball in his hands with about three seconds to go, and I'm like, it's going in, man. It's going in. And that's just – that's how it's been this year. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe it other than he just has it right now. And that's kind of the feel that this whole team has. They win by war of attrition. They get you down to where they need. And they just make buckets like it's that simple. They do a really good job of just hanging around. And if you can hang around, man, like the talent level in this league is so high. And and the difference between the great players in the league and the really good players on any given night, that margin changes throughout the game. And I think De'Aaron Fox is a guy who knows he's flirting with that great player line every single night. And in the fourth quarter, man, he just... He's like letting it fly. I actually appreciate it. He gives us some some of these amazing performances because of that. Just no fear whatsoever. Also, it helps that you got Devonis Sabonis, you know, picking up another, you know, over 15 rebound triple double. Um, man, this team is so much fun, man. They're they they might shock everyone in the playoffs. I'm just gonna say that up front. They might shock everyone in the playoffs because they can really score. I don't know who's gonna stop. Them. I agree, man. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Mark Schiller, I'm James DeFore. Mark, get out of here. Ding, ding, y'all. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.